You hear that? The crickets are back. Hello there, everybody. Happy Friday. Back again for another episode of Made Man, where I once again talk about an episode of Mad Men. Yes, today I watched episode nine of the first season of Mad Men. Shoot. That's the title of the episode. Shoot. And uh, a lot happened in this episode. Now, earlier, I think it was the last episode, um, Don Draper realized that his girlfriend was basically in love with another hippy-dippy guy. So I wonder if that relationship is over because there was none of that in this episode. No shenanigans. He was basically a good husband and a loving father in this episode. And I don't know if that's who Don Draper truly is or if that's who he wants to be, but we definitely saw some of that. This episode opened up with Don uh, waiting uh, during the inter- intermission of a Broadway play. He was there with Betty, and he came across a guy uh, who runs a different advertising agency. Talked to him a little bit, uh, basically tried, started the kind of process of wanting to woo him over to his company, the big time. And uh, in the meantime, he, the, the wives met each other, and Don and the wife went off to get some drinks while Betty stayed behind with this guy, and he's like, you, you really look like you could model. Um, you know, would you ever think about modeling? Maybe for Coca-Cola? You have a great face. Gives her his card. Obviously, that was all, in the long run, I'm guessing, bullshit. So... Um, Betty was kind of like, you know, excited by the whole idea. She obviously wants more out of life and being, staying home and just being the mother and just being the, uh, the wife and the, the homekeeper doesn't completely appeal to her. She has a next door neighbor who has these pigeons and he sends the pigeons off and they fly around and, and, and seem to go off on adventures. They eventually come back. And I wonder if she was looking at those pigeons and thinking, you know, those birds get to fly off, or is that the metaphor? I, I need to go be able to fly and do something. She eventually um, tells Don, you know, I used to model. Um, she, well, she's telling her friend, I used to model. Look at these things I used to do when I modeled in Italy. Um, she talks to her psychiatrist about being wooed over, not just, you know, not to be slept with, but actually to work, she thinks. Um, and... She kind of goes in, talks about her, seems like an awful mother who kind of said, you know, you, you never, um, she was always about looks, all about weight. But when she found out that Betty was starting to model years ago, she called her a prostitute and didn't like her going to New York. So, um, kind of ridiculous, really, when you think about it. It seems like her mother is an awful, awful person. Uh, and the psychiatrist says, you're angry with your mother. And she's like, what? How dare you say that? You've, I, I, you never speak to me, and now you're going to come and say some, some garbage like that? But it's pretty obvious she is, has some aggression towards her mother, or at least the way her mother treated her. And she's like, oh, no, I miss my mother. But after all that said and done, she tells Don, I think I'm going to go for it. I think I'm going to model. I think I want to try it. Uh, 
And so she goes off to the modeling agency. She's she obviously she's a little out of place and a little um, off, you know, uh, as far as like she's a little older than the women. I mean, not old, but a little older than these women. And she's dressed differently. They're all kind of dressed like a little more modern. She's wearing like a gown. And the uh, the guy who met them at the um, theater is like, oh, you came. This is great. Here's our art director, my brother-in-law, and he's going to bring you in. Um, and I'm assuming he, he, you know, I think he was another like a closeted gay man, uh, kind of like Sal is over at Sterling Cooper. Um, I don't know if he's closeted. I'm just assuming that that's the, that's the same kind of thing that all these, you know, guys who worked in art direction, um, you know, were probably closeted men who were just... You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's just what I got out of that was, you know, the moment the guy started talking, um, he's like, that's our art director. And they, we figured that. Uh, but, she, you know, she, later she says, he's so fun. He's so adventurous. Uh, so he brings her back. They get some photos done. And uh, later on in the episode, uh, Don gets a phone call. Actually, Don gets a letter in the mail. First, he gets a package in the mail um, with... Uh, towels and says, welcome to the club because he talked about the guy talked about how they talk about dawn at the club while they're having a soak or having a steam so basically he's trying to say hey come to the club the guy talks on the phone tries to woo him over then later he gets golf clubs delivered to him but who delivers him the golf clubs roger sterling does because he saw them coming to him roger could see the clubs and he was a little angry he was miffed that Don might be leaving. He took it personally. He kind of came in and gave him a little spiel about sticking around, staying, not going for the big fish. Um, and that may not, ha- or that may or may not have uh, helped Don decide to not leave. But I'm, I'm all over the place in this episode. I'm just going. I just finished watching it, uh, and I'm just going by memory here. Thursday night. I mean Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, so. That kind of Don still hasn't made up his mind. He talked to the guy on the phone. The guy offered him more money. The guy offered him a, a, a contract. He offered him big um, clients. And, you know, later on, he gets a package in the mail. And it's letter. It's pictures of, of Betty in the Coca-Cola ad, the, the photo she took. And it's like, it, doesn't she look great or something like that? And Don saw right through it and realized what the hell was going on. Basically, they're using Betty. They're giving Betty this experience because they want Don. It's like, look, Betty has this experience. Betty's having this, all this great stuff and she can continue to have it or it could all go, go away. And instead of Don saying, um, oh my God, you know, this is Betty's dream. I, I want her to be able to do this. Uh, he's like, calls the guy up and base and says like you know this was you know not a big this was not a big league move was the 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 the, the comment he made um because the guy kept saying you can come you, you you can come live at yankee stadium we are yankee stadium we're the big time and the guy said this is not a big league move basically don called him on their bluff a bush league move is move what it's more like you know pretty low blow um and Don was like, you know, he didn't say take this job and shove it, but he basically left the, got off the phone with the guy, went right down to Roger Sterling um, and told him he's decided to, leave, to stay. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, of course, it was going to take a million dollars to get you to stay. How about 40000 40, go, And Don's like, forty five is great. So Don's making $45,000 a year, which come to find out late earlier in the episode, 
the young guys were talking about Don making $30,000 a year. And Pete said, there's no way he's 10 times better than me. So Pete's making $3,000 a year. I guess that's 1960, which if $3,000 a year can get you the, 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 the um, well, I was going to say the apartment that Pete has, but Pete's father-in-law paid for that apartment, uh, 30, 40,000 must be a great amount of money in 1960-something. Um, but Don ends up staying at Sterling Cooper, and in the middle of a second photo shoot, they tell Betty, look, Coca-Cola's going in a different direction, and they take, you know, they're like, sorry, but at least you have some nice photos for your book. So Betty's devastated, obviously, but that night she comes home and talks to um, Don, and she's like, everything went great. Don assumed that she would lose her job. She did lose her job, but Betty lied to him and basically said, everything went great, but you know what? It's just not for me. I miss being home with the kids. I miss, um, you know, uh, spending time and not having dinner ready for you. And Don, you know, touched her hand and basically said something really heartfelt about, you know, being, her, him being, she being a great mother, a great person, and, you know, if, whatever she wanted to do, she, he would be there to kind of uh, support her. It was just really supportive the first time he's really shown, to me, real support for her. He let her go for her dreams, even though he didn't want to work at this place. He felt really bad knowing she probably lost her job, but he just was really nice to her, which was great. Um, now, earlier in this episode, there are some other things that happened um, in relation to Betty. So while Betty was working, the kids had a, had a babysitter, and the babysitter's sleeping, the kids are running around with the dog, and the guy with the pigeons let out his pigeons again. One of the dogs, one of the dogs, the dog got one of the pigeons. Now, uh, it was really bad special effects, but the guy, the dog got the pigeon. I don't know if the pigeon died. It doesn't look like the pigeon died, but he bit the pigeon. And the guy says, if your dog comes in my yard again, I'm going to shoot it. He says it to these little kids, the, one of the, the little girl, I can never remember her name, uh, she's crying. She's telling them that she had a bad dream, basically because this guy did this and I was ready for Don to go, you know, kick some ass or do something. Don's like, I'll, uh, I'll speak to him. Betty's like, no, you know what? I'll deal with him. I'm outside with him all the time. End of the episode, she goes outside and I'm thinking, I was really afraid by towards the end of the episode, we're going to hear a gunshot. Somebody shot the dog. If they did that, I was going to just lose it. No, I'm losing. I, I can't stand that. So I don't even like seeing the pigeon get hurt. So Betty goes outside <laughs> You think, oh, she's going to talk to the, uh, the guy with the pigeon or say something to the guy with the pigeon. No, she's got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and she takes her BB gun and she starts shooting at the birds. She doesn't get any, I don't think. At least they don't show any, but she starts, you know, pumping that BB gun, pumping that BB gun. He's like, Mrs. Draper, what are you doing? That's how the episode ends. Uh, so that was Betty's story. Betty And Betty, I think she was pissed at the pigeons, pissed at the guy, and pissed at the idea that these pigeons are running off and they need to just stay where they were because that's where she's better off staying where she is. Or how come they get to go fly off and she can't? Maybe that's, what, maybe that's the metaphor. Uh, but that's Betty's story. That's pretty much Dawn's story, but there's a lot more going on in this episode. We have some stuff going on with Peggy and Joan. We have some stuff going on with Pete. Uh, and... So let, kind of let's, let's go into that. I'm trying to remember it as I go. Um, Peggy, one of the things Don said to his wife was, you know, I, I, 
She's like, oh, I thought you'd be staying in the city. He goes, no, I just worked late. They, they give the girl some writing and, and it's gone to her head or it's distracting her. I think that was basically talking about Peggy uh, getting a little distracted at work because of her, her copywriting. Um, but they show her working. While she's working, she rips her skirt. She rips her skirt. She wraps a towel around it. Joan makes some comment probably about, you know, maybe she's on her period. I don't know if that's what the comment was. That's what it seemed like. Um, and I offers to give her a dress. When she finds out it's just a tear, she offers to give her a dress. Now, for some reason, a woman wearing a red dress is a big deal because all of a sudden the guys are saying things and commenting and snide remarks. And, um, you know, uh, Joan later said some comments to Peggy. And it was funny because Peggy, for the first time, Stuck up, stood up to Joan and said, "You know, basically, you think you're, you're you think you're actually helping. You know, I think people around here think you're you want to get married and you like to have fun and not in that order." So she basically stood up to Joan, put her in her place. Because Joan thinks she's the smartest, thinks she's the brightest, thinks she has everybody you know knows what's going on with everybody. She probably does, but it's just the way that she um, presents herself. You know, as you know, she could be sassy, but she could also really be a bitch. And, that, and she was kind of bitchy to uh, to Peggy. I think she said something about, you know, being her being a virgin. And Peggy's like, I'm not a virgin. She's like, well, of course you're not. Uh, and then the guys are making comments about, about Peggy. Something about, you know, I think having, you know, her butt or something. But it got to the point where Pete got actually pissed. He didn't like the comments early. He didn't like them later. And he took the, I think it was Kenneth, that's the guy, sucker punched him right in the face. And there was a brouhaha, a fight going on, a bunch of guys fighting each other. While that's going on, uh, Don and Roger are walking in front of them. They go, you want to go to the train? Let's go to the train. They don't even look at the fight. They don't even care about the fight. This giant, you know, scruff uh, is going on. And they didn't even look back. And I thought that was very funny. Advertising-wise, I feel like today was about laxatives, Nixon, and Kennedy. It was all kind of related. I love, I like the shop talk in these kind of shows where they get down into the details and the minutia of, of I like in law shows, I like when lawyers are, are talking about stuff in the law, in the, the uh, you know, in the case, in the law office, which I guess is also called the court. In advertising, I like hearing about what works and why it works and how things work and why they decide to do what they do. Um, they, Pete actually came up with a great idea. You know, the whole thing, they're, they're getting behind Nixon, but Kennedy is getting uh, all the steam and they watched a film of uh, Jackie Onassis Kennedy um, speaking, or Jackie Kennedy at the time, speaking in Spanish about voting and they're like, how, how, you know, they're going to put this on TV to try to attract people. And they, that was bothering them. And they realized that, uh, Pete realized that because of reminding him of something they did at the frat to try to um, attract, they did a thing where there was this fashion show that a rival fraternity was doing. So they put on a funeral um, for a, a little mascot at the, uh, at the pageant to kind of distract them and, and pull away from what was what the other fraternity was doing. And Pete realized, you know, everywhere that we are doing um, Nixon, Kennedy is buying ads. Everywhere, that, you know, everywhere. So he thought we could take this laxative company and buy up a ton of ad space 
everywhere that Nixon is. And I think that's what it was, that it wouldn't leave any room for Kennedy. So they were, they were basically doubling down. Not because, I mean, you think about televisions. I don't know how uh, prevalent TVs were in the homes, but for those people, for those people that did have televisions, there was only three channels to watch. So, and I don't think there was not 24 hour television. So the prime time spots for commercials had to be just ridiculously um, competitive to get in these areas because those areas are there and that's it. You know, there, there's not 24 hour channels and hundreds of channels. I mean, I can only imagine what these crappy cable channels uh, that have TV shows that hardly anybody watches uh, get for advertising compared to something like NBC in the 60s uh, at 8 o'clock at night. So they realized that, you know, if we buy up a bunch of these uh, ads for laxatives and have Nixon in there, there's not much room for Kennedy to do anything else. And uh, Cooper comes in and he's like, who's responsible for this? I love this guy's voice. Who's responsible for this? And the young guys were all nervous. They didn't tell anybody they were doing this. They just did this. And he's like, it's a, it's a brilliant idea. And, and Roger thought it was great. And uh, he's like, the Kennedy has to go on the radio with that voice, that accent. So they really weren't fans of Kennedy or his accent um, or his voice. Yeah, you know, uh, I was going to say four score and seven years ago, but that's uh, that's Abraham Lincoln. And that's really, really bad. Not even close to Kennedy. When I think of Kennedy, I want to do like uh, Mayor, I want to do, uh, Mayor Quimby from Springfield. That's not even good. I'm going to stop. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Um, so they that actually worked out uh, in their favor. I'm trying to think what else is go- went on in this episode. I feel like I covered most of it. We got Betty. We got some Pete stuff. We got a little Peggy stuff, some Joan stuff, a little Roger, Don Draper. Uh, we got some rival uh, ad agency out there who doesn't think Sterling Cooper is the big time. That's the first time I thought I ever thought that Sterling Cooper wasn't the big time. I thought they were. Uh, the rival agency did get that Israeli tourist board that um, did come to Don Draper but didn't end up sticking with them. I think if that covers everything uh like also one weird thing that betty said was uh when the daughter uh when they put the daughter back to bed betty says something like uh i love when she cries i wish i could take a picture of her crying i was like what the hell does that mean that's just weird like that's almost like that is her mother watching her suffer as a kid and she's looking at this girl basically saying I like when you cry. It makes me happy. I mean, that is some weird shit that she's obviously, I don't know, projecting from her her mother herself. There's definitely some weird mother stuff going on there. Uh, and Don Draper's like, I wish I had a mother like you. Well, Jesus, Don. I mean, as far as we could tell, you wouldn't even you didn't even live with your mother. It was some lady. Uh, you you had it rough, little Dicky Whitman. Yeah, I think I covered everything, right, my friends? If I forgot something. You can let me know if you're out there. Maidman at fansonexperts.com is the email address. At MaidmanPod on Twitter. Fansnotexperts on Facebook. Fansnotexperts.com slash Maidman. You can leave a comment on any podcast. And also, 
We're also at anchor.fm slash made man. That's where the podcast lives now. Anchor. Uh, cool little podcast app. I don't want to say cool little podcast. A, pool, a cool podcast app hosting. Full podcast service. Uh, and I can't wait to use them for other podcasts. We have other podcasts out there. You can check out fansnotexperts.com for all our podcasts. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, another week, another Friday, another episode of Mad Men. We're back outside with the crickets. I don't know. Once it starts getting colder, am I going to be outside? Are the crickets going to be outside? Am I going to be in the snow? I don't know. But I know this. Every week, I will be here. And I thank you for listening as I go on this journey to become a made man in space. Fans not experts.